This is Wayne W. Johnson from Night of Something Strange, Tales of Dracula, and Star Trek New Voyages Phase 2 slash The Federation Files, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. everyone and welcome back to the horror squad podcast this is episode number 314 where tonight we are going to be talking about 1997's event horizon this was todd's pick so we'll see if todd made a good pick or not in about an hour uh in the meantime i'm here of course as always with steve and todd gentlemen how was your week pretty good pretty good football weekend for me Niners pulled off the victory against the Packers in the final minute of the game, and I, I'm not going to lie, I was like, fuck. Like, uh, we played like shit. But we're not a football podcast, but on to, the, on to the Lions next week. What about you guys? Not too much on my end. Went to Montreal for the weekend, went to see a friend, and uh, yeah, that's about it. He's a listener too, so shout out to him. Uh, I actually lent him my PS4 so he can play The Last of Us because he he's never had a he hasn't had a PlayStation since PlayStation Two. So I I was told him like I'll have to lend you my PlayStation so you could play some of the big hits and Last of Us being a horror hit. I think is uh, absolutely at the top of the list. Very cool, very cool. Uh yeah, I had a pretty slow week, just working a lot of overtime and stuff like that. Went to ISS over the weekend with Sam, so I will talk about that during my What Watch segment. Not really horror per se, but sci-fi-esque. Kind of, you know, little sci-fi thriller, where tonight we're doing sci-fi horror, so kind of connects in some way or the other. But yeah, also I do want to mention, of course, Living Dead Weekend. If you haven't already, please get your tour tickets for uh, the mall tour living dead weekend, June 7th through the 9th in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, of course, taking place in the home of the dawn of the dead mall. So yeah, come join us. It's going to be an awesome weekend. A ton of listeners I know are already planning on coming. Some have already booked. So yeah, hotel, I believe is still available. You living is the website, but definitely if you're even considering coming, Get those tour tickets because it is going to sell out. We are doing the Saturday at 1 p.m. tour. Um, The whole squad and the listeners and stuff like that. Plus, we'll be doing, you know, probably like a, you know, a group dinner over the weekend and stuff like that. So it'll be a really fun time. So come hang out with us at Living Dead Weekend in June. And of course, uh, Hocus Pocus event. A lot of details will be released soon for that. October 11th through the 13th in Salem, Massachusetts. So there are your important dates for this year for with us for the heart squad all right gentlemen should we get ready to spill some tea do it oh you want the tea i'm sorry i'm sorry we don't serve tea nope instead you get a cup of joe and now here's joe with the news all righty thank you so much chuck and here it is your cup of joe for this week uh let's start off with some scream news here of course scream franchise currently in a bit of disarray after jenna ortega and i can't remember the other actress's name right now jennifer but jennifer carpenter the actress who played jennifer carpenter in the scream series of course melissa barrera is her name 
the two of them, of course, dropped out of the Scream movies for differing reasons. And the director, also Christopher Landon, has dropped out as well. So where does Scream go from here? The biggest, of course, rumor is the return of Nev Campbell, possibly. Well, of course, Nev Campbell, most recent, recently, uh, was interviewed about this. And Nev Campbell said that she would, of course, return to the Scream franchise under the right circumstances. She went on to say, It's sad to me that they're struggling at the moment. I would imagine that the people at the top are spinning a little bit, trying to make the right decision. I would imagine people want to do the right thing, I would hope. She said, I love this franchise. I would hope it doesn't fall apart. When, of course, asked to when asked uh, if she would return, she said, giving the right circumstances, yes. I made a statement several years ago, and it was the reason I didn't do Scream 6 at the time. I just really felt the need to stand up and say that I don't believe I would have been treated the same way had I been a man carrying a franchise for 25 years, and that still stands. So, essentially, Nev is saying, fuck you, pay me, and I'll come back. Shut up. The only way, reason you came back is for money. Let's let's be real here. That 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 series needs to die. Give it a couple years, like we talked about, and and revamp it once everything's calmed down. I don't think she's wrong. Like I mean, right? Like Jamie Lee's carried a fucking franchise for forty years. It's like come right, on. but I'm, is she getting paid? I, I don't know what Jamie Lee is getting paid in comparison to Nev. You know, I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We haven't seen the financials and whatnot, so I I mean, I can't say for sure. If Nev is being treated, you know, unfairly or not, she claims she is, which I tend to believe her, honestly. I mean, she is the face of that franchise and she should be getting paid a handsome reward for it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would pay her. I would pay her and and come back because the franchise is pretty much dead, I think, without her. I mean, they proved that they can do it without her. But after the absolute mess that happened recently, of course, with you know, their leading lady drop, uh, them firing their leading lady and then their other leading lady dropping out. And then let me pile on top of this Jasmine Savoy Brown, who of course is also part of the core four has claims that she hasn't even received a call yet about scream seven. So, you know, uh, so she, in an interview recently with entertainment tonight, she said, I haven't gotten a call yet, so I think if you want to ask the production company what they're doing, you can, but I have not even received a call. So they seem to be scrapping maybe the core four idea at all, because you would think they'd be like, well, let me, let's call Jasmine Savoy if the other two are dropping out. I think she would be the next choice to kind of lead this film, considering her credentials as of late you know she's been in yellow jackets that's you know really taken off amongst other things so i mean i think she would be the next best choice if you're not going to bring nev back so yeah it's, it's just a mess right now but like why why even bring anyone back if you're not going to have the you know the core four that that's kind of the problem is that it's either move away from it completely or try to get everyone back and i don't think they will come back so i think you should just move away from it completely yeah, I mean, so what do you say? You just say, just take a pause, like Todd said. Is that what you yeah, think to take right a thing? pause and bring Scream in a whole new direction. You know, like completely forget everything that's happened in the last uh, two movies. And I mean, not not everything. Obviously, it still has to be a sequel, I guess. But just you know, reboot it in a way that uh, kind of like 
traded, you know, I'm not saying go back and past or anything, but bring the ghost face character somewhere else. And see, I, I, I even think they should stop with the original cast as well, because I don't know, like maybe it's just me and maybe you guys can chime in on this. I'm not that excited to see them anymore. Like, I feel they've done everything they could with that character, with those characters. I, I don't see what growth they're going to get out of coming back at this point. And I just, I think they should just go in a completely new direction at this point with the Ghostface character and the Ghostface lore. You know, the fact that people take this infamous serial killer that people dress up as and make a big lore out of it where, you know, it starts terrorizing towns again. Yeah, I mean, as much as I love, of course, the legacy characters, I would, I, I'm kind of, I, I kind of agree because after Scream Five, like, I, I mean, I hated Scream Five, and that was there was supposed to be the return of the legacy characters after what they did to Dewey, you know, that really pissed me off, um, and I just felt like Nev and Courtney Cox were sort of afterthoughts in that movie. I feel like she had a little, Courtney had a little bit of more of a voice in Scream Six, but I do feel like they were going in the right direction in Scream Six with these new legacy characters. But at the same time, I, I think you're just going to start fresh with this franchise. I think every single movie is kind of the same, right? So why, maybe you should try like a new formula in some way and try to bring something fresh into it, like in the into a seventh movie, sort of. You know, you can still make a slasher, but maybe not make it as predictable where like the whole movie is sort of like a guessing game. Like I really liked what they did in six where we sort of saw who the killer was in the beginning. And then like, I think that would, like, granted they ended up killing him and stuff, but I think like doing maybe something like that where you kind of know who the killer is and maybe you follow him throughout the movie, which I think we talked about in our Scream 6 review, kind of doing something different and going that way. I, that could maybe breathe some, a little bit of fresh air into this franchise. But all right, we'll keep you up to date, of course, um, with Scream news as it comes. I'm sure I, I think they'll end up bringing Nev. My gut tells me they'll bring Nev back because they know that's where the money is in the studios. That's all they care about. So we'll see. All right, next big bit of news here, of course, is something that released a couple weeks ago, but we have not talked about, and that is the Exorcist franchise. Of course, the Exorcist Believer came and sort of went with... Mostly pretty negative reviews. Of course, Blumhouse spent over $400 million to acquire the Exorcist franchise. And Exorcist Believer, you know, pretty much, I wouldn't say bombed in theaters, but it didn't do as well as uh, they wanted. Well, the big news has come out that David Gordon Green will no longer be directing the Exorcist Deceiver and Blumhouse has completely removed The Exorcist Deceiver from their calendar as of right now. Uh, they are currently say, claiming they are actively seeking a new director for this movie. I did not... They are not saying whether, you know, Gordon Green... Well, okay, so they they are claiming Gordon Green is exiting because he's busy working on uh, his TV series, The Righteous Gemstones, as well as a feature film called Nutcrackers. Do we believe that? Do we believe that's the case? Or do you think they do you think they fired him and they're just trying to save face? I think they said, um, hey, Quaid, are you gonna be fired? Kind of thing. Yeah, I mean the 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 fans have spoken, I think. And you know, most people hated the last one, us included. And um I think this, you know, they spent four hundred million on it, sure, but they don't have to make this trilogy, you know what I mean? Shelve it, don't try to like push it out, don't try to rush it. Similar with Scream, man, just take a step back. 
let some fresh eyes in on the franchise, let them write the script. Even if you want to bring back Reagan and just fucking pretend the last one never happened, that's cool too. Um, but yeah, I don't think you need to rush into this one because the first one was so fucking awful. Like, I do not want to see a continuation of that at all. And I think a lot of people agree. Yeah, I, I think, um, well, I'm definitely happy he's gone. I do think he got, yeah, voluntold to be, uh, <laughs> to leave the project. And, you know, I, I don't mind seeing a continuation of the story. I mean, it is what it is at this point, but I think a new director could bring kind of fresh air to it. You know, he can just kind of change things and take what worked in the first one and kind of abandon the stuff that didn't. So that's possible to kind of, you know, salvage this whole thing, but I would prefer to see a whole new take on the exorcist. If you're going to have to make them, you know, I don't think they'll just be like, yeah, 400 million. That's fine. Well, lesson learned. You know, I think they're going to do everything they can to make that money back. And I'm curious to see where they go with it because I did not like that last one either. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. I, I think he was. I think they gave him the ultimatum either, you know, say you're leaving or not. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I think I agree. The fans have kind of spoken. They've, you know, really cooled off on David Gordon Green. I mean, I think, you know, after Halloween, they they trusted him. The original, I mean, I think it was after the original Halloween, right? The original Halloween was, I think we can all agree, a pretty solid movie. And they they went with him. And but after Halloween ends, I'm really, I think it was too late at that point. Like he was, he had already kind of made the Exodus movie, and they were probably like, oh, well, we'll see how this goes. And I think after seeing it, I think they realized this isn't the right direction to go in, especially after spending four hundred million dollars on a franchise. So yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll definitely update you guys. All right, next big bit of news here is twenty eight years later, it has been teased for many, many, many years. Well, it is now officially in the works, ladies and gentlemen. With Danny Boyle, of course, the original writer, and Alex Garland, the original director, are on board. They are officially returning for this long-awaited sequel. So not a lot as far as plot or anything right now, but as far as uh, THR, who broke this news, reported, they said the new zombie thriller is expected to hit studios, streamers, and other potential buyers later this week, which reps Boyle and Garland will take out the package and handle the sale. So it sounds like the movie or the script has been written or they've at least filmed some of this movie and they're going to be pitching it and getting ready to sell this movie. So finally happening. A lot of excitement here. I know you guys are big 28 days and weeks later fans, right? Yeah, absolutely. And to hear the original uh, original team coming back, that's, you know, icing on the cake. And I'm wondering if they're going to get Murphy back. He's fucking huge right now with Oppenheimer. But I don't think it needs him, honestly. His story was told and it wrapped up nicely in part one. Part two had a, you know, a contained story too. So I'm super excited to see where they go with part three. And I can't wait. Yeah, my only reservation with part three is that and this goes for almost all of zombie genre, like all zombie series and shows and movies and stuff like that, is when you get too far away from D-Day, like, you know, the, the original K-Zero, it starts to become more of a political drama than it does horror because the, they figured out the zombie stuff, they've contained it, and it tends to be more about the human story. And I, I don't know, like, I, I hope that they somehow keep the infected as a big part of it, because if not, it'll just be a political drama about post-apocalyptic uh, life. And that's what I'm afraid of being 
that it's 28 years later. So we'll see. Well, you know, that's a good point. I can see them. I don't, I don't think Danny Boyle will go that direction, hopefully. But, I mean, we see at the end of part two that they can't contain the virus, right? They thought they did and then got out again. So maybe this is, maybe this is like post all of Europe infection. That'd be really cool. And seeing like a survivor point of view and you would get what you wanted from like the freshness of it, like how Jim is in the environment in part one. So right, would you rather have more closely to part one, Steve, or two where like the military is trying to, you know, like a bigger film or a smaller film? I, I like the smaller films personally. You know, I, we've seen an, enough big zombie films. I, I always like the kind of more personal stories of uh, people. Like there could be a big story in the background that we don't really see. It's kind of the perspective of like, you know, a car full of people. Uh, so I think that would be the best thing. And I think that's what Danny Boyle's also the, his, like at his best. So I don't know how it's going to be like. Like, I hope it's more people living in this world and trying to figure it out than Jurassic World. You know, like, they've re they figured out the containment after 28 uh, weeks later and all of a sudden there's another big breakout and it becomes like this big film yeah i mean i'm i'm very excited we'll see what what happens we'll, we'll definitely keep you guys up on that as well um that's gonna that's a big deal so it's it's big 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 deal for the horror community right there all right next bit of news here is steve mentioned this i believe during year end episode and that is the untitled jordan peele monkey paw project that was being teased for a long time well we finally know what it is going to be um they announced recently of course jordan peele's monkey paw productions company that the film is going to be titled goat now not that goat ladies and gentlemen not the goats not the animal the goat um this is going to be of course a sports themed horror movie of course goat for you sports fans know stands for greatest of all time and uh this is going to be it's going to, so this is going to be about a promising young athlete who is invited to train with a team's retiring star that is all they are giving us and interestingly enough it is going to be starring marlon waynes so we will see what that, come on, that sounds come on brandon could be could be pretty interesting. It could be interesting. I mean, I've always enjoyed Marlon Wayans and a sports themed horror movie. We don't like have a ton of those. I feel like out there. I'm like trying to even think of one right now. He's one from Scary Movie, right? Otherwise, my Come On Brandon doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the Wayans are definitely in some of the scary movies, right? The they, first one I think where they he's like he's produced them. The, the football player in his closet, homosexual, and he makes his girlfriend wear pads. Is that one Mar? I don't know if that one's Marlon or not. Yeah. Well, there's like there's way. like 50 Wayne's brothers. <laughs> there's like Baldwin's and and Wayne's. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> sports sports themed horror movies. Um, yeah, can you think of any? I'm trying to th- sure I'm trying to is. think of one. Uh, there's got to be. I'm sure, oh, but nothing nothing's nothing's ringing a bell right now. Hmm. But all right, we'll we'll keep you guys up to date on that. That should be pretty interesting and pretty cool. The public domain train continues to to run here as they originally announced the public domain horror universe is expanding with Pinocchio unstrung. So there you go. We have Pinocchio unstrung. We have the Mickey mouse two Mickey mouse horror movies coming out this year. So there uh, we also have Bambi, the reckoning Peter Pan's Neverland nightmare. It just, it just won't stop. This is really just the hot thing on the streets right now where essentially 
filmmakers are trying to get their name in the news and this is the best way to do it i think by making cheap and most of them are just cheap as at least can we make some sort of effort if you're going to make these public domain uh horror movies and can we can we please get a good one at some point that might be fun here's a, a quick list for you sports related Ooh, horror sports movies scene? all right Tell me if you've seen any of these. Number one, 1984's Fatal Games, a mad javelin thrower. That sounds, actually sounds pretty cool. Gutter Balls, which is obviously uh, bowling. I've seen that one. Moving along. There's a lot of like girl-themed ones here. Like, I saw uh, a volleyball one once. Um, girls with balls, I think. <laughs> or something like that. I think there's a trend. There's one called Bitch Fight. It's girls fighting. There's one called Girl Fight. Girls fighting. <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing... Like yeah, nothing really big though, huh? Hockey or whatever. I guess iced skiing, maybe, but that's not like sports. Nah, sports though. Not really. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I guess we're due. We're due for a really good sports themed horror movie. I guess it is t- kind of tough to put like sports and horror together. Yeah. Right. And, uh, like, yeah. So all right. Yeah. All right. And the last bit of news tonight is unfortunately some sad news, as we have lost Dawn of the Dead actor. David MG, of course, best known for playing Flyboy in the iconic Dawn of the Dead movie. Uh, he was 77 years old. He passed away Saturday, January 20th. You can actually currently send, you know, you can write on his obituary page or send flowers. I don't know if the sending flowers will still be available at this time, but please, if you could at least head over to his obituary page and sign the book and let you know his friends and family know how much you appreciated him you can head to pierrefuneralhome.com and just search david michael mg and you'll be able to sign his obituary steve and todd you guys are some of the biggest dawn of the dead fans i know so i'm sure you have some thoughts about this yeah man you know i'm truly truly bummed and we've we've talked about it this is you know Party of us getting older is your heroes start dying, you know. And uh, Flyboy, Steven, you know, David Michael, MG. It's one of my favorite characters, you know. And Don the Dead, he's perfect. You know, I watched it this morning after hearing the news. Watched it, you know, 6.45 a.m. And my favorite movie of all time. And his performance is just awesome. And specifically watching him in this movie, mostly. Uh, I saw some, like, new details that I missed previously. Because, you know, you're trying to watch the whole thing. And you're just watching him. It's like, oh, man, he's he fucking killing it in this movie. One of the, you know, he's going to be my biggest miss of meeting a con. Never had the opportunity to meet him. The closest I got was, I think, 2016, and he had uh, canceled due to due to illness and never resigned again. So, man, super bummer. But, yeah, like Joe said, go over to Pierre Funeral Home. And I'm looking at the obituaries right now in the remembrance or whatever you call it. And it's just a, a ton of horror fans on there saying their thanks and memories of Don the Dead. And it's, it's nice to see, you know, that he was loved, even as uh, – even – you know, 40 plus years after the film. So rest in peace, Flyboy. I mean, what more can be said? Yeah, I can't say much more than that. I'm super bummed. Like Todd said, we, we talked about that this was, you know, of all the people alive, this one, the one we both wanted to meet the most because we, you know, Donna Den means so much to us. And I mean, I'll also go and say it. I think it's the best zombie performance ever. Uh, you know, the, he gave so much personality to the zombified character of Flyboy, uh, it's so iconic, and man, the way he holds that gun, it's like it defies science. <laughs> it just it makes no sense at all how that thing is uh, like sticking to his hand. It was it was so good. Like 
great performance amazing movie obviously and uh yeah i'm gonna have to dive into his uh pretty small filmography i i don't think I, I other than basket case 2 i don't think i've seen anything that he's done and he made a porno so there you go i oh. didn't know that i had no idea started in it or produced it no he started it I, oh, I, don't, I, I don't know if he's in Jeez. you know the the sex scenes in it he plays oh, angelo fettuccini in the bo- <laughs> the booby hatch <laughs> there you go all uh, right Second year in a row that I watch a porno okay. because of the horror podcast. Hellmaster. Never yeah, that one's Hell. on Tubi. Oh, it's on Tubi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I see you, you put one to watch it today. So Yeah, I did. <laughs> I went through his uh, filmography yeah. after seeing it pass away. But yeah, I'm bummed out. But man, we're, we are getting there. You know, unfortunately, <laughs> we're getting at that point where, you know, our favorite stars of the 70s and 80s are all in their 70s and 80s. So it's, you know, it's going to be tough. And this one was kind of expected. He's been sick for years, but it's just, it's a, it's a massive blow to horror and may you rest in peace. All right, gentlemen. So let's get into what watched, what you've been watching this week. Let's hear it. You want me to start? Yeah. How about you? you Tell us about ISS. I want to hear about ISS. All right. I'll start us off. So yeah, I went to the theater and saw ISS this week. Not really horror, I guess per se, but I guess sort of real life horror. If you you know potential real life horror, the movie is about a group. You know, I didn't even see this movie really like advertised much, and my theater was very empty. Um, but I did see a trailer when I went and saw. I think it was the Iron Claw a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, this looks pretty good. And then I saw it was actually released like this weekend, and I was like, oh shit, I want to see that. So yeah, this movie is about. A group of astronauts on the Russian space station. You have a group of Russian astronauts and you have a group of American astronauts. Um, A new group of American astronauts arrive on the space station. So first half of the movie, you're kind of introduced to all of the characters and they're all sort of getting to know each other, becoming acquainted. Well, what ends up happening is they are just chilling on the space station And all of a sudden, they start seeing a bunch of flashes on Earth and fire, uh, essentially. And what they come to find out is that there is a war going on down on Earth between Russia and the United States. And both the Russian government and the American government are telling, you know, the Russian astronauts and the American astronauts secretly that you have to take the ISS by all means, by any means necessary. And that is your basic plot of the movie. You know, I was really excited for this because the premise sounds really cool, really interesting. I will say right off the bat, the cast here is great. You have a lot of familiar faces, but people like I couldn't place like where I have seen them before. Um, The biggest is Ariana DeBose, who I am not a hundred percent familiar with, but Sam knows her really well. I, she's been, I know she's like a singer as well as an actress. She's been in quite a lot. Most recently West side story. Um, She was also in Hamilton. So she's known, you know, more for her, I think singing, but also a good actor as well. Um, So you have her, you have Chris Messina, Pilu Asabak, John Gallagher Jr. Like I said, these guys, like, you might not know them by their names, but their faces, extremely familiar. The whole ensemble cast here is fantastic, and they really do carry this movie. With not so much great actors here, this movie, I think, would have been a complete flop for me because, you know, despite, like, the the great performances, it's just the script, man, that that ultimately fails 
this movie. It's it, like the premise is so intriguing, but they never really fully explore it to its full potential. You know, unfortunately, we never find out really like what is happening <laughs> like on Earth at all. It's just completely negated besides a couple of messages that come up. But we never know one sort of thing of what we never even see Earth in this entire movie, which, you know, I guess wouldn't be a bad thing if they kept it a little more interesting up in the station. But at the end of the day, it sort of just becomes generic, I guess, in some ways. Now, there are a couple of like really good taught like really good tension filled scenes and whatnot but like once you know the credits rolled and everything like that like it, it was just kind of like okay it was good but it wasn't anything you know amazing or anything i am going to remember probably at the end of the year as something that like was like a standout movie so i do think it's worth a watch i give it i gave it a three out of five over on uh letterboxd I'd say don't waste your time going to the theater to see it, but once it hits streaming, I would absolutely say it's worth a, it's worth a watch, especially if you're into you know sci-fi type you know space movies. I think it's definitely worth a one-time watch. I still want to see it. This sounds kind of cool. Yeah, um, it, I mean, like I said, it, it definitely has its moments, mm-hmm. though. But yeah. yeah, just nothing overly memorable, unfortunately. Have you guys ever seen the ISS flyby? Mm-mm. No. Oh, that's pretty cool. You, you could actually like see if if the sky's clear enough, you, you could actually like make it out and see it. Is it like by. as clear as like satellites sometimes, or is it? Yeah, yeah. Clear? I mean, because it's huge, right? So it's a little more clear than some satellites, and yeah, you could like totally see that. That's what it is. That's coming. It's, it's pretty, uh, pretty neat. That's cool. During during Starlink, uh, or go ahead. yeah, during COVID, um, they would like I guess just to get people out, <laughs> you know, like right at the beginning of COVID when we were all like really locked down, they would give like a schedule ISS so that people cool. can kind of just go outside and see it pass by. So we did it. It was cool. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. I was looking up the cast and John Gallagher Jr. A lot of horror actually stuff. He was in 10 Cloverfield Lane. He is the other gentleman in the bunker mm. with John yeah. Goodman. Oh, okay. right. yeah, he's good. He's in, in a... so he's, he's also in the Belko experiment yeah. uh, underwater. He's uh, come play. He's done a lot of horror stuff. So, yeah, I knew I recognized him, but, but yeah, he's in that. Yeah, it's a lot of really great character actors in this one. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it looks like one of them is the bad guy oh, from Run Sweetheart Run, which we watched a year or two ago. Yes, Pilu. Okay, yeah, maybe right that's, wrong, yeah, that, that is him. Yeah, Pilu. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's guy for Game of Thrones. Yeah. You're on or whatever. Oh, yeah, he's in Game of Thrones too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why I know yeah. from Wall like, but yeah. Yeah. It was all like, oh, that guy. I know him. Uh, yeah, I've seen right. <laughs> yeah. All right. My first one was a, a pick from Buddy TJ. Me and Brent him did a movie night the other week. And uh, it was 1988's Cheerleader Camp. And this one is about a cheerleader camp where guys and girls go to this little camp off in the woods. And there's like a in-house cheerleading competition. There's an in-house mascot competition. And it's all ladies and girls that are like bitches to each other and like oh my boobs are bigger and better than hers uh my hair is nicer than that chick's that guy's fucking fat and blah 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 and they're just constantly at each other's throats and then they start dying off it's a pretty standard slasher i I thought the killer was pretty weak but there are some very nice nudity parts in it the main chick that's like bitch to everyone went off to do hardcore porn for the people you know want to research that and um 
there's a hilarious scene where a chicken mascot wins a competition and he pulls out an egg and it's just out of nowhere. It's just so fucking funny. So I think if you find this like on DVD or streaming, I don't see it streaming anywhere, but I know the DVD is cheap. Um, I think you have fun with it, especially if you're like an 80s slasher completionist. But there's like nothing like groundbreaking about this film. So Cheerleader Camp, I gave it a three out of five. Nice. Uh, my first one this week is a continuation of the little series I'm doing for the next, I guess, month. And that is 1993's Subspecies 2, Bloodstone. So this movie takes place directly after the first film. Like, like the last scene is the first scene of this one. And um, the woman who was turned into a vampire in the first one wakes up. And she, you know, she's kind of new to being a vampire. She escapes from the wrath of the evil vampire who was kind of killed in the first one, but is revived in this one. And she takes the uh, the bloodstone, which is a powerful like MacGuffin in this world, and tries to get some help from her sister as she's roaming around Romania, trying to figure out her vampire powers and what the bloodstone actually does, and try to escape from Radu, who's the main vampire. And that's the gist of the film. Uh, I thought this was kind of right on par with the first one. Like, it's not amazing, but it was entertaining enough. I like the actor who plays Radu, the main vampire. I think he looks really cool, and um, he just makes a good villain. So it, it makes sense that they continued with him. And I think he's there for the majority of the series, if not the entire series. So that's going to be pretty cool. They also introduce his mom. And his mom is this really decrepit old lady who's like falling apart. And that was a cool addition to this because it just brought more practical effects and really cool makeup. And like, I like that a lot as well. And I mean, it drags on a little bit in the middle, but it had a good beginning, good end. So I'm liking the series watch so far. Curious what number three will be like. So that's uh, Subspecies 2 Bloodstone, which I watched over on Tubi. You know, I, I tried that series a couple years ago, and I, I only got through part one. Do you, do you think it's worth it to keep going? So far, but I've only yeah. I've only seen one and two, right? So right. I'll tell you when I finish three, four, and the spinoff. Cool. All right, my last one tonight is one of my punishment movies. Trying to stay on the train, not be as long, take as long as I did last year on these ones. So I've watched uh, my first punishment movie, which was Karis Hell. Part three. Now, full disclosure, I have not seen Carousel Part two. I've only seen part one, but I decided to jump right in to Carousel Part three. This movie, of course, we follow Duke once again, as well as a new villain played by a delightful bunny, brown sort of bunny uh, character. But yeah, this movie basically just follows Duke, who is trying to actually like make amends in his life now for like everything he did in his past, kind of feels bad for it now. And he now has a delightful son as well, who I think was born after the first in the at the end of the first movie, if I remember correctly now. Uh, but he's like, oh, he's sort of grown up now and really fucking great looking. So, yeah, you know, it's very fucking extremely low budget, micro budget style movie. Uh, very similar. If you know, if you've seen the first carousel, you know pretty much what you're getting into here. I will say, man, I mean, this movie, does, uh, just like the the heart this movie has like just like you can feel the love put into this movie by like the filmmakers and the people that that made it so like i really do appreciate that in in so many ways the beginning is is great like i thought it was really fun like the 
the opening scene at the party where the bunny comes in and just sort of wreaks havoc on everyone with maybe one of the wildest sex scenes, you know, in a movie where uh, <laughs> the bunny ends up having a threesome with a couple people, similar to sort of what Duke did in the, in the first one. But this one goes even sort of crazier. Although the man has sex with his underwear on, I'm not exactly sure how that works, but well, it, it apparently flap, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. But, you know, so yeah, I mean, crazy uh, intro and a, a, a chef's kiss ending, really, uh, with the final battle between Duke and the, the evil bunny there. The problem is the whole rest of the movie. I mean, the movie is only about an hour long. So, like, the first 10, 15 minutes and the last 10, 15 minutes are pretty damn entertaining and really fun. It's the middle that, like, was a, a chore to get through. Um, you know, I found myself kind of looking around the room at times, just kind of checking out. So... Is it a good movie? No, but these movies aren't supposed to be good, right? They're supposed to just be like really low micro budget trash in a lot of ways. So I, I think if you like watch, this is like a movie you have to watch sort of with a group of friends, like just kind of hanging around, having a good time, something you could throw on the background and sort of laugh at. Is it something I'll ever watch again? No, probably not. But like I said, I mean, I really do appreciate the effort they put into this. You can sort of feel the love. Duke is always a delight. He's always really funny. His voice cracked me up in this one a lot. And, um, you know, just all the other like random ass characters that that come along for the ride with him. So I, I give it a two out of five. If I were to rank it on like a, a micro budget scale, it'd probably be a lot higher, like maybe like a four out of a three and a half or a four out of five, you know, because it, it for the amount of money, which obviously wasn't much to make. Uh, a movie like this, I think they did a fine enough job and they actually, the laughs, I will say, always hit with these movies. So, yeah, just if you, I think you know if you would want to watch this movie. Otherwise, I would say just, you know, skip it. You ain't missing much. All right. My final one is also my final punishment and it's Shingles the movie by the same director of Carousel 3, Steve Rudzinski. And man, like, I appreciate the the stuff in Carousel and how fun, like Joe just said, how you know, obviously fun they were having on the on the set. But this movie Shingles is so fucking bad. I hated it, man. It's two hours long. It's an anthology that's two hours long. Zero business being two hours long, man. You got to get in there. You got to hit hard and fast and get on the next one. The kicker, the wraparound, whatever, is a group of youngish people um, sitting around telling scary stories, right? So you got a zombie one, which I fucking hated. Uh, you have a ventriloquist one, which I th actually thought was pretty like funny at times, but then it just dr like kept dragging on and on. Like, dude, the joke landed, leave it, you know? And then they keep doing the same thing and the same scenes would repeat themselves. So them just talking to each other or the main character just talking to the camera essentially because uh, he's talking to the puppet and like, come on, let's get on with it. You had a, a, a one where this girl's trying to sell drugs and she get she finds a um, a gnome, which talks back to her and it's just like the gnome one was funny because i made a stupid short gnome film one time and it's like oh cool that's that's cool but man like i i i wonder if the director and i'm not trying to shit anyone like making movies is really hard but like does the director want to keep doing films like this or does he want to like kind of get gradually better and better because i keep seeing like the same mistakes and all these like bright red lighting that's just like off the camera or like blazing in someone's face and stuff like that or 
like carnal sins of indie where you put cgi blood in it like the zombie one has cgi blood i'm like what the fuck are we doing you have like ten thousand dollars to make this movie and you're doing cgi blood like don't just don't shingles a movie i cannot recommend um but i actually you know what i did like the opening scene that completely copied the goosebumps opening scene from the 90s uh, that was pretty funny but other than this uh shingles a movie over on 2b two hours that you will not get back ever in your life so don't bother Yep. I don't think he's going to change because he won a Fangoria Award for doing exactly this um, last year, for which for the best Amityville film of that year, which I still disagree with as a category because it it took out the legitimacy out of the Fangoria Awards, if you ask me. You know, make best micro-budget film, that, that, that would be a better category, and then it would be cool if he won it, but best Amityville film was kind of like a spit in the face, I think, of horror. But anyway, that's my opinion. So it's just going to like make people make people make shit yeah, exactly yeah. exactly i, I so. agree with the micro budget though give it give some smaller people some spotlight but not because of an amityville title it's pretty like exactly exactly uh speaking of shit my last film this week is from 2011 and it's a movie i watched on tubi and it's called zombie ass toilet of the dead when i see a ridiculous title with a ridiculous premise i'm always going to watch it because like Worst case scenario, it'll be bad, but once in a while, I could find maybe a gem out there, and holy shit, is this the gem I've been looking for. I adored this movie. It's fucking crazy. So it's a Japanese film about a group of students who go in the woods, and they're camping and stuff, and all of a sudden, one of them goes to a um, an outhouse, and she gets attacked by a zombie that's in the shit in the outhouse. And all of a sudden, a bunch of zombies come out from that same outhouse and start attacking this group. And the things that happen in this movie, you got to see it for yourself. This makes Night of Something Strange, which is something we reviewed on this podcast, look tame in comparison to the stuff that happens in this movie. It was so friggin' wild. Great kills, great practical effects. There is some CGI, but it was not... It's like they had to use CGI for the, some of the scenes that they did, except they did do the fucking CGI blood sometimes, which just pisses me off, but you see all the time now. But I forgive it because they do so many practical effects in this. I will not forget this movie anytime soon. I'm gonna, like, you know, this is one that people need to check out. I had so much fun watching this. In fact, so much fun that I decided in February... For movie club this will be the movie i'm gonna show because i need to get eyes on this thing holy man like this movie is it's good uh, i give it four to five stars and that's not a micro budget score that is a legit score because i laughed out loud at times at how ridiculous and crazy this movie got now i will warn people this is not for everyone uh, it's got very juvenile horror uh, sorry humor it's got a lot of shit so you gotta expect that and uh, there's a lot of gratuitous nudity but uh, i think people if you like ridiculous movies at all this is one you 100 have to check out so that's zombie ass toilet of the dead over on tubi 2.6 out of 5 on Letterbox, but I'm into it, man. Thank God for the Japanese and Koreans for keeping zombie films alive. No kidding. Like, without man. them, we wouldn't have shit, except for 28 years later, that's been the making for fucking 20 years. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. oh my God. No, this, is. I was surprised. Like, I 
didn't see this coming at all. Um, that's I'm, a name, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, well, that's what sold it up for me. You know, like, uh, yeah, uh, it's my watch list. It's a wild one. And speaking of movie club, actually, the day this episode releases, we're doing a movie club where uh, we're going to review. Well, not review. So, well, I guess kind of review, but watch together. Bad Milo, which is apparently some parasitic creature that comes out of a person and starts killing people, which kind of the, an episode of X-Files. If people watch the the freak show episode of uh, that's a good ep- that's a really good episode that's a it's a great episode right. so i Does think it's dude kind of... eat it at the end yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's awesome uh, yeah so yeah good episode so check out our movie club if you'd like to join just join our discord and you'll get all the details as to how to join and all that stuff very awesome yeah i've heard i've always heard bad about bad milo but it's nothing i've i've yet to see yet so that's pretty cool hopefully if i'm not working overtime i can jump in but i think i am unfortunately but yeah, everyone, go join Movie Club this week and Friday. Friday. Excellent. All righty, Totter. Let's hear them scores. Let's bust it out. Trivia week two. Week two. Of trivia for the year. Week two, quarter one. Myself in the lead with two. Steve and Joe both tied at one apiece. Any man's game. And as we saw last year, it is any man's game to the end. We'll see. Who would like to lead off? I'll go. In last year's No One Will Save You, Hmm. what is the name? I've seen that. Good. (laughs) What is the name of the best friend that she is mourning? Dolores? Mm -hmm. No idea. You're on the right track, Steve. It is a classic (laughs) sounding name, but not Dolores, no. Darla. No. The answer is <laughs> mod. Mm. mod. Mm. Freaking names, man. Yes. Always yeah. with the names. Those names. <laughs> yeah. Always yeah. going to do it, man. Well, Always. Yeah. <laughs> I won't do another name one today then. Never going to. Me and Sam just started on like the uh, the bear, non-horror related, mm-hmm. but fantastic the, television the series show? for those who have never seen it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. With the dude from Shameless. That's what I know him best from. But yeah, she like would like be talking to me and like she'd be like, "Oh, this character," like she'd say a character's name, and I'll be like, "Who's that?" <laughs> like, yeah, right. like yeah. literally watching the show. I'm like, I've, I don't know. She, I was like, I only know the main guy's name. I was like, I don't know anyone else's name though. So yeah. What movie did we just watch just, last week? Never... What did we watch last week? Yeah. What? What did we cover? Remember? Did I have a trivia question? But I forgot. The, I forgot the right. Oh, uh, destroy the destroy all, all destroy all neighbors. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> memory sucked dude. i can mem- remember stuff like 20 years ago but right. like last week i'm like I don't know. <laughs> it's true though like you lost recent recent question that we were like uh but lost something from like the 70s or like immediately know it yeah. you know? Right. like you, you asked me that fucking wolfbank question and i knew the name of the castle but i can't fucking name <laughs> a, a character name i watched a movie like a month ago you know right wild yeah. <laughs> all right i can go next i feel like we've had this trivia question before, but it popped up and I thought it was a good one. So I'm going to do it again. All right. So there are only five horror franchises to hit the $1 billion box office milestone. Can you give me three of those five horror movie franchises? Oh, give you three. Okay, I got one. Yes. Three of the five. Halloween. Saw. Uh, No, am I already wrong? Nope. You're already wrong, so we'll okay. give Todd yeah, that's good. A, a chance, and then I'll, we'll go back to you for a second okay. guess. Saw? 
Scream. Correct so far. Scream. Incorrect. Yeah. Ah, Incorrect. Okay. Right. So I'm going to go. We know Saw. <laughs> yeah. Look around the room. What we both, you guys both have Saw, so I'll, I'll just, okay. just continue on Saw. So if you can name two of the next uh, four. Okay. Can I ask one question first? Uh, does The Conjuring count the universe, or is it just The Conjuring titled films that would count? It, it does count. Okay. So con- Conjuring... <laughs> And in, in, in I'm gonna ask a question too. Is it any of these five before I answer? <laughs> and insidious. Uh incorrect. Ooh, and okay. I won't did Todd get you did you get a I didn't get it a second guess yet. Yeah, no, no. Okay. Let me ask All a right. question first though. I'm <laughs> <just> <laughs> kidding. <laughs> All right, so Saw Conjuring, the the give me's. Yes. Um, so there's three more op there's three more in here. Let me ask a question. Does alien count towards horror? <laughs> it does. Alien. You are correct. Yeah. Okay, Steve. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you had, uh, of course, The Conjuring, Alien, and Saw, which you all were able to pull out. The other two is It franchise, oh, amazingly yeah. enough. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Only for a real. couple movies. Because those kids, and, man, sold those movies. And, you know, horror-ish, but I, it, it started as horror, but I feel like it came, became more action towards the end. The uh, Resident Evil franchise okay. is our final one i'm surprised halloween wasn't in there yeah seriously I thought that was a gimme. with the yeah. amount of films they've had especially oh. with the last three i thought mm-hmm. for sure it would have crossed a... mm-hmm. yeah. i guess the last you two came number, out during number... covid right that's true they went yeah. to peacock huh would you like to guess number one uh that's gotta be resident evil with a whopping 2.4 billion dollars that's resident evil it's godzilla no, no, I mean like the number one of the five we just named. Oh, oh. these are the top um, five of all time. I, I, I'd say probably saw. Conjuring... Todd got it. The, the Conjuring Todd universe, really? two point four billion dollars. The only horror franchise to cross the two billion dollar mark. Alien number two with one point six billion, and then Resident Evil one point two billion. It one point one billion, and Saw. Also with one point one billion. What is what is in the conjuring besides conjuring one through three and four, I guess? Um Annabelle? So well, let Annabelle's me see if they and the, and the Annabelle. Nun. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, the nuns and La Llorona. Yeah, which probably add much to that total. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Guess the movie by the synopsis on IMDB. So I'm giving you the plot of this film. <laughs> Okay. Uh, let's see if you can guess the movie. Let's go. A woman tries to exonerate her brother who was convicted of murder by proving that the crime was committed by a supernatural phenomenon. Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It. Wrong. <sighs> Sounds like, like the it. same fucking plot. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Dang it. Was it her brother? I don't know. It wasn't her I brother. Think it was yeah. Boy, oh, yeah. His boyfriend, girlfriend, I believe. Dang it. Would you like a guess, Joe? Is that the only? Is that all I get? That's the whole plot, right there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought I thought I thought there were, I thought there was more too. No, no, uh, can just... you repeat? Can, yeah. Can you repeat that? One sure. more time, uh, a woman tries to exonerate her brother who was convicted of murder by proving that the crime was committed by a supernatural phenomenon. Hmm. Mm. Oh, I have a second guess if Joe has one. Sounds very very familiar. Wait, no, that's completely wrong. I'll throw it out there anyway. Fuck it. Might as well, right? Yeah, after Joe goes. The 
the actresses three. Three? No, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I was gonna say Oculus, but that's like a killer mirror, so never mind. But I... oh, that's supernatural. A, that's a WWE film, right? Is it Oculus is great. Yeah. It's fucking really that's good. actually might be one that'd be it's Mike Flanagan too, like really early Mike Flanagan. Yeah. Oculus. It is Oculus. Are you fucking kidding <laughs> me? Nice. <Yeah>. How? <laughs> I thought her dad killed <laughs> killed the mom <laughs> in that movie. That's what did brother do? I don't remember. It's he been was a while since so I watched it. Oh yeah, yeah I haven't now. seen him forever. Fuck yeah. I remember I'll I remember really that. liking it though. Yeah, it's super good. I'll take that on my butt. Sure. <laughs> okay. In the movie we just watched last week. Oh Christ. In Destroy All Neighbors. What does Thomas Lennon in the studio say rock and roll was all about? The first time he says it. He says it twice. What's it, what's he say the first time? Rock and roll is all what about all about? Yep. What? Sex. Rock and roll. Mm. No. Rock and roll is all about what? It's not sex. No. It's not about sex, and it's definitely not about drugs, because he says that's what they're not about. Come on now. Oh, wait, that. maybe he does. Maybe I mean, it's no, drugs. It's, no, no, no. Uh, it's not that. Uh, but okay. Anyone else want to uh, second I don't uh, It's about passion? I, I don't uh, remember. Joe? No. It's about being on time. Mm. He shows up. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> that's right. He's always late. Yeah. yeah. So, All right. Sorry for my terrible trivia questions. <laughs> no, come on. Sorry. All right. Uh, all right. Guess the movie based on the IMDb information. This movie was released in the year 2007 with an R rating, clocking in at a robust one hour and 53 minutes, categorized as action, horror, and thriller amongst one other which i'm not going to say because it might give it away a little currently sitting at a 6.6 out of 10 on imdb cast melissa george danny houston mark boone jr and ben foster oh that's um directed by david silence joe that is um, thirty days a night. You are correct. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Todd on fire today. I'm on it, baby. I'm coming for my title, brother. <laughs> you want to beat <laughs> what's what's Rick, what's Rick Flair said? Uh, you want to if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. <laughs> <laughs> Which you did last year. So. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, guess the movie based off the IMDb parental guide. Sex and nudity. Mm. Yes, please. Settle in, folks. This is all I want. <laughs> oh, lots of boobies. A man caresses a woman's leg and says they haven't had sex in a long time. They passionately kiss, and the woman gets on his lap. She unbuttons his pants and unzips her pants and thrusts into him. Right. Oh, my. They both oh, moan, absolutely. but the man notices someone is watching them. She thrusts more, and they both moan, leading them to climax. Oh, lovely! Does anyone have a cigarette? A cuckold involved. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, Violence and gore. No, I'm going to do that one last because it's the giveaway. Profanity. Five instances of shit, 
three instances of goddamn, at least two instances of Jesus, one instance of the word damn, one of hell, 15 of fuck and variations, and at least one of the word crap. Crap? Crap. No crap. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Start... Yeah, you have to start counting stuff and noting when you want Counting to. the swears, yeah, yeah, so I can know. Uh, an injection of an unspecified chemical, probably a local anesthetic. Frightening and intense scenes. This is somewhat scary movie, but not graphic in nature. It is frightening at times, but it is jump horror movie and does not contain anything too bad. All pretty loose, but this one's a giveaway. Violence and gore. Graphic sci-fi violence. The creature's tail is operated and Stinger is cut off after it kills the cat presented by Elsa and attempts to kill Elsa with Sting. Fuck is Elsa? Frozen. <laughs> Frozen three. Yep. Man, Stinger. Stinger. Uh, Elsa, cat. Yes, yeah, so she it sounds she, very she... alien esque, but it's not. I don't Gosh. think. <laughs> uh, is it? Um, the fly. Wrong. Alien, alien. Wrong. The answer was splice. Oh, man, uh, I've asked like three. Splice one questions. I haven't seen. Yeah, that's. It, I mean, I've seen it, but now. I haven't seen it. Okay. It's no, I've cool. seen it. It's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Adrian <clears throat> That's the one where doesn't he have like sex with it? No. Yeah, one point? it's like yeah. young too. Yeah. It's like kind of okay. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird okay. one. My turn. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, yeah, I think so. Okay. In the movie Dead End, about three weeks ago, what time? Yeah, <laughs> wait, twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> what time does everyone's watch and car clock stop? Correct. Oh, eleven thirty-five. Incorrect. I feel like it's close to that. It's not. It's not. Hey, three. 33. A.M.? Yes, A.M. Incorrect. It's P.M. So I'm just going to know. 7.30 <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, correct. Ah. All right, 7.30 I need to, like, p.m.? Redo my trivia questions. He's alive. Yeah, 7.30 p.m. All right. All right. My last one of the night. Guess the movie based on Letterboxd reviews. Number one. It's not a good film. But good film or not, you cannot be entertained by these following things. A tricycle, a wheelchair, a small toy car. Yes. Oh, I can see this. I can see I can see the wheels spinning. Those are turning. I have one in mind, but I don't turning. want to say it just yet. <laughs> okay. Number two. So, so terrible. But there's something about seeing this character that always brings a smile to my face. Oh, I got one in the chamber too, but. <laughs> All right. You ready for the last one? Yep. This will be the dead giveaway. Oh, wait. Number three. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Number three. Burn in hell, you little bastard. Leprechaun? 
Correct. Mm. Yeah, that's yes. I was going with it. Yes. <laughs> nice. Pod on the his fire. Little, his, his little car that he drives around. He is on fire. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all the right. things. <laughs> Guess the movie based off the IMDb Did You Know section. Trivia. The main actor played the role of Wade in the film for zero dollars after falling in love with the script. Deadpool, Wade Wilson, yes. Quotes. Uh, this is Dr. Vern. She's strong, but from what I have seen, is it, it is progressing fast in her. Pretty soon, she ain't going to want any food. She's going to want something more. Skin will start smelling like meat. When it finally happens, you're going to have a few choices. One, take her to quarantine. Mm-mm. Goofs. Early on, the character cuts off a finger on her left hand as the infection spreads. Later, when she goes to visit Trent, she braces her left hand against the wall, walking upstairs, and we see her hand is healthy and intact, with no finger missing. And final one is usually soundtrack, but the name of the song is the name of the movie, so I'm doing another trivia instead. The local sheriff is called Ray, who also played Sheriff Ray Owens in another film. I feel like if you don't know the that monologue, then you don't know what movie. Drawing a blank. Mm. So, act, main actor did the movie for free. The quote gave some hints about what type of movie it was. The what was the quote? She's strong. From what I've seen, it is progressing fast in her. Pretty soon, she ain't going to want any food. She's going to want something more. Skin will start smelling like meat. When it finally happens, you're going to have a few choices. One, take her to quarantine. Mm. I feel like this is obviously some sort of big movie. I don't know. You did it, right? Maybe. I mean, I say decent size, not like, you know, not Halloween. Mm. (laughs) Right. What what uh what decades, dude? I believe this is the twenty tens. Twenty tens, I knew. Oh. Hmm. I don't I'm know. A... Let's just say I don't know. Real blank here. You guys go? Uh, I do. Uh, yeah, I guess so. So the actor who took no money was Arnold Schwarzenegger for his movie Maggie. Uh, never seen it. Saw that I once. Didn't like it, so. I didn't like it. Yeah, it wasn't very it's good. It's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. Who was it? Was that Dakota Fanning in that too? I think too? so. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. That was Abigail Breslin. Yeah, not. Oh, it could be. Yeah, it might be. One or the other. One of them. All right. They both got blonde hair. Yep, that's it. Both blonde. Um. <laughs> yeah. All right. Blonde and young, and young at the time. I got big zero. Goose yeah, me, too, me too, I think. Big, so. day for, big day for the ex-champ at four. Steve and Joe with zero, which brings us to six. Woof. To ones apiece for Steve and Joe. Oh. Got to keep Oof, this momentum going. pulling away. We, we, we felt bad for the last place finisher last year. Shut so up. We, <laughs> no, you didn't. Don't give me that shit. You went from first to worst, so we, we wanted By to By like two points. Early. It wasn't an ass kick or anything. All right, Todd. Well, I will come for my revenge next week, man, because... 
this just wasn't fair this week. I know you cheated with all those trivia questions, but you know, me and Todd will, me and Steve will have to talk yeah. about that off the air. Um, all right. <laughs> so let's get into our main event of the night. Todd's pick of 1997's event horizon starring Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, and Richard T. Jones, directed by Paul Anderson. Todd, this was your pick. Take it away. All right. Straight from the Blu-ray, its name, Event Horizon. The high-tech, pioneering research spacecraft mysteriously vanished without a trace on its mated voyage seven years ago. But a weak, persistent signal from the long-missing craft prompts a rescue team headed by the intrepid Captain Miller, who's played by Lawrence Fishburne, to wing its way through the galaxy on a bold rescue mission. Accompanying Miller is his elite crew and the lost ship's designer, who's played by Sam Neill, who you all know from Jurassic Park. What they uncover is unimaginable, interstellar, horror. So yeah, the movie starts off with a, a prompt on the screen explaining what happened, like the years 24-7, whatever. A couple years earlier, they made this uh, super cool ship called the uh, Event Horizon, who's supposed to be faster than, uh, you know, can bend space time and shit that we learn later and it's supposed to be faster than line all that stuff. But on its maiden voyage, the ship just disappears. And seven years later, there's a, a little signal that comes back saying, Hey, the Ben Horizon's back, baby. So they send a rescue ship out to, I believe, Net Neptune space. And uh, Lawrence Fishburne plays like the no nonsense pi uh, captain. He's really cool in it. Sam Neill is like a guest on board because he developed the ship and he's going to be like their expert and shit like that. So no reason why the ship went missing or how it's back. They board the ship and they find like snippets of uh, audio. Oh, sorry. Before that, they found snippets of audio where someone's speaking in Latin uh, saying like, save me or something like that. And a bunch of screaming. So they get on the ship. There's some blood. There's a dead body and things are just fucking wrong. The ship's creepy as hell. Uh, people start having visions of scary ghosts, figures and things like that. And eventually we find out that the ship its drive that makes it faster than light actually sent it on a trip to hell and the crew experienced uh, the hellscape and went fucking crazy or demented or possessed or whatever combination you want and killed each other and now the ship wants more so saw this many moons ago and absolutely loved it thought it was one of the scariest movies i had seen at the time it's not as strong on this second or third rewatch but i still think it's a really cool movie that i'm going to rate pretty high um, but what do you guys think about it? Yeah, uh, so I've actually never seen this movie before. I've always heard about it. So I was really excited to jump in and see what this one was about. The premise instantly sort of hooked me. I thought it was really interesting. Um, I always love, I always really enjoy space-themed horror movies, so I was kind of hooked into it right away. Obviously an excellent cast here, Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, always great. But the whole cast does a really good job here. I really loved sort of the set designs of the spaceship where it didn't really get like boring because there was always so many, the ship was so large that it was always sort of different sort of things to look at and different types of scenes. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, I did really enjoy this movie, but I'm frustrated in a lot of ways because I feel like this could have been like amazing. Like I, I really like the, the premise alone is amazing about this ship that went missing that, you know, supposedly went into sort of the depths of hell and came back out. And we get like great 
tidbits of like scenes where it's like almost like Hellraiser like things, but they're so quick and come to learn, obviously, which we'll get into it later is that like the studio interfere, interfere with this movie a lot, which I came to learn like after watching the movie, which is unfortunate um, where this movie was a lot darker and sort of gorier. So I, I like at the, you know, to sum it up, I really liked it, but I feel like it, it could have been like an instant fucking like classic sort of sci-fi horror masterpiece, but it just, you know, it just holds back in a lot of ways where, you know, I feel like it could have went further with the premise. Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat as Joe. Uh, I like a lot of it, but I feel that it held back so much that uh, unfortunately it's not like one of the better sci-fi horror films that I've seen. I know it came out after, but goddamn, every time I watch this movie, do I wish it was Dead Space? Uh, I, I just, I miss that physical horror element that uh, Dead Space, which is a video game, by the way, that that brings. Whereas this one, it's really more of a psychological monster. And although that could be frightening, after a while, I was kind of like bored of it because it was just visions and not anything that's actually happening to the characters. Uh, now I do know that they filmed some crazy shit and which they took out, which is really unfortunate, but you know, we have to review what we have in front of us. And there are moments of like really good horror, especially in some, like one of the visions in particular, when you see what happened to the crew, but it's shown so quickly that you're just like, Oh, I, I wish we could see more. You know, I think, I think it was in the video that they, that they watch of what happened. And yeah, I mean, there's still some good stuff about it. Sam Neill is really cool. I think he he's a good character and his kind of descent into into madness is interesting to watch. Some of the stuff though, I was like, uh no, some of the jokes kind of came out of nowhere. Some of the explanations were a little too convenient. Like I found their cryostasis to be a little too convenient. Like it can cure you, it can make you jump, you know, 56 days. It's just I don't know. There was a lot of story elements that they tried to explain. To tank from Star Wars, dude. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. It just didn't make too much sense to me. But yeah, it's it's still a solid film overall. And let me start off with a couple nitpicks right away. Because I, I still love this movie. And I really love, I love low tech and sci-fi, you know? Like big bulky computers, like Alien in this movie. I just, it's just so cool. I hate in modern sci-fi where they have like see-through flat screens. I'm like, how, how are you typing or reading anything when I can see Joe's face as he sits across from my computer, like it makes no fucking sense. So to see like low tech, I love it. But some uh, some nitpicks here: the visuals have not aged well at all. Some of the space stuff and CGI floating op uh, floating objects were awful. And I gotta call bullshit, man. Like they have this recording sent from the Event Horizon that's that's jarbled, right? And no one can uh, figure out what it says until they bring it to the 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 rescue ship bullshit you know how many people were like probably pouring over that transmission and one guy's like uh that's latin like really like i i just i know it's a movie but that's a todd gripe there's no way that would have got past like some of the brightest people in like space travel they're not going to know something like that super dumb last very small nitpick is man like okay i know the the ship went to hell and that's scary but whoever designed this ship in the first place was, was like on fucking crack because the ship is terrifying even when it's lit up like there's dark corners there's spikes in the fucking uh in the room with like the drive like the captain's area is just like bare metal I'm like man they did not make this ship for comfort they made it to be as creepy as fucking possible so i thought that was kind of funny 
Yeah. Well, I mean, Sam Neill's right. The one who designed it and built it, right. Or something like that. So like, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like his descent into madness was really interesting. Cause it was like, was it, was he intending like this whole time to sort of, yeah, did like, he know? Uh, you know, it's questionable, right? Yeah. yeah did he know? I don't know. Like he, he claims not. And I assume it's, so I'm going to say no. Like, I feel like he just went crazy once he actually went up into space, but I don't know. It's interesting. Cause like, I guess it could really, you could really look at it either way. Maybe he was wanting them to go into hell. Right. Like, and that was kind of his plan the whole time. So I think it is like sort of an interesting thought, but his descent into madness is is really great. I also I mean, I love the scene where the dude gets sucked into space like when he sort of kind of is losing his mind and you know Lawrence Fishburne kind of like saves him but what what's up? Baby Bear, his nickname. Is that his name? Yeah, Baby Bear. Baby Bear. Yeah, he man that scene is just I I feel like that's another one where they could have went a little further. I kind of would have preferred to seen him just actually like die, like like fucking explode from the pressures of space there, because he's kind of useless the rest of the movie. I also think something that was super underexplored though in this movie is the whole ship being haunted, right? Sort of aspect of it. You know, when they brought back when the ship kind of came back, I feel like it brought something back with it where they're get seeing like visions of you know one woman sees her dead son um at one point amongst a couple of other scenes um you know sam neil of course sees his sort of dead wife who committed suicide at one point which apparently got like way darker and crazier in the uncut version which has never been seen but yeah like i feel like that was sort of underexplored too so like that is like once again the frustration with this movie like it's just so many great ideas that never fully got explored but i think they did right i think paul anderson did explore them but unfortunately the studio pulled away from it unfortunately and it's frustrating that we never have seen like an uncut version of this movie because i feel like there's potential there that if the uncut version is ever released in all of its potential glory that this could really be i think my score would could possibly go up huge yeah you'll not you'll never see it unfortunately because that footage was damaged so they couldn't include it in the Screen Factory release from a couple years ago. Yeah, there's one copy of Bummer. it on VHS that uh, get it out there. Yeah, that the, that a producer has, and apparently um, Paul W S Anderson hasn't even seen it. So what an uh, asshole! Get that producer's number. No, apparently he just says that he hasn't been in a room with someone else that all and a VH uh, like a VCR at the same time. But I don't know, I call bullshit. Like if there was a That's beloved movie shit, of mine dude. that had like a copy of it, I'd fucking find a way to get there. I, I one thing I liked about the movie though is the relationship between the crew. I, I thought like they they were a good group to to follow. You know, sometimes when you don't like the characters, that's a problem. But I actually like the characters in this. There was also some pretty, like, good moments. Like, one point, right when they come out of cryostasis, one of the big black dudes goes up to the woman and is like, hey, want something hot and black inside of you? And I thought that was such a funny yeah, line. fucking and, Cooper, dude. Yeah, it's... um, Yeah, I like the banter between all of them. You know, you could tell that they've been working together for a while. And the how uneasy they are about Sam Neill's character... I like that whole kind of aspect because, you know, he's not part of the crew and he's just there. He's like corporate. It's like, it's like when corporate comes into a local office, you know, it's like they're trying to integrate themselves, but exactly. Basically. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I do think that he went crazy there though. I don't think he came in, you know, knowing anything. I think that the monster kind of saw that he's, 
someone who built this thing and want to kind of use him because he was like the perfect host for that monster. And uh, I agree with some of the stuff you said, Todd, like the ship is completely ridiculous. There are some really trippy looking rooms that I can't even imagine what the use of those rooms would be. Like there's that carnival tunnel that he goes through at one point. You know, it's like one of those things where you can't walk straight, even though the bridge isn't moving. Uh, Just things like that. It's obviously just for show. So it made no sense. Uh, I also love how gigantic the trip the ship they came in and it's like practically a like a huge space station all for like one little shuttle that pops out of it like where why didn't you just go after those resources you know there must be a ton of stuff that you could have used there i don't know there's a lot of stuff that i was kind of so-so about but it was still a fun movie to watch yeah i thought it was pretty funny at the beginning where they make it a very serious like they tell you that like, we're going to die in 24 hours because the CO2 scrubbers don't work. We need the Lewis and Clark fixed. But they send one guy out to fix it. I'm like, what the fuck are the other nine people doing on this ship besides jerking each other off? Like, if it's that important, send someone out to help them. I'm like, gosh, that was so fucking ridiculous. But I do like Captain Miller, man. Lawrence Fishburne. He's, oh my gosh, he was he was hard-nosed. I loved his character. And I think he makes really smart horror, horror decisions, too. Like, when they finally get to watch the video of the of the people just going ape shit on the event horizon the first thing he says is like we're leaving fuck this ship and, he, and they just take off i thought that was really cool other movies would have been like oh like we need to hang around longer like no he takes charge and decides to try to get out of there so can we see that movie you think like i if i'd like them to do an event horizon movie where we see the events of oh the event horizon you know i think that would be the perfect way to kind of keep this whole thing alive is show that movie like that's the movie i want to see it's you know it's and i was thinking about that during the movie i'm like can we please see the movie about the heaven horizon in a movie called event horizon like it just i don't know i i guess i got blue balls and i re- it was like i'm in a cool place but i could see a really cooler place over there and i kind of want that and it's hard to focus on this when i know that this is out there it's just is a problem. Was this the first time, Steve, for you too? No, I actually watched it like a year ago because I, oh, I reviewed okay. it on Letterboxd like not too long ago. So I guess I'd seen it. Actually, my score changed though. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, it's probably my fourth time watching it. I had it on DVD a long time. Because yeah, I remember those hellscape scenes like really scaring me when I was a kid. Like, yeah, they were, man, super like a spike through the guy's butthole out of his mouth and like the captain holding his eyes. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, I thought they were really cool, but I also see Joy's point or you guys' point too, where it's like, man, the tease is there. Like, imagine just like a five minute straight scene of yeah, what they went through, you would have been like floored. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it was like th- that like 30 second clip you get is like fucking awesome. And I was like, oh hell yeah, now we're getting into it. And then it just you never see it again. And like, yeah, like Steve said, it's just like blue balls, like you're, you're like, damn, dude, like. That's like what I want more of. And it's, it's just, it's so disappointing that we didn't get any more of that. And it's like, the scene was so good too. It really was like Hellraiser in space, just like crazy ass shit going on. And I'll get, I'll read off the IMDB of like what was actually cut. Cause it's fucking insane. The more and more you read in, I mean, I'll read it right now, I guess, if you want, well, since we're talking about it, but so the, uh, the bloody orgy video of course was originally intended to be much longer but uh due to studio interference and i think it was poor test screenings but who do they have for these test screenings clearly not horror fans yeah, because horror fans would have been all over this 
Uh, so, of course, parts of it were, of course, kept in with a female crew member sodomizing a male crew member with an iron pipe and uh, fingers going deep into one's mouth. But here is what um, was cut. There was a lot more extended shots of the Event Horizon crew naked and covered in blood, having violent sex and raping and eating each other. A more graphic version of the scene where a crewman pulls his own intestines out of his mouth. One crew member is held and stabbed in the back of the head with a spike, and part of his mouth and teeth pop out. Another crew member crawling on the floor while others are hitting his legs with steel bars, smashing them to pieces as he screams in agony and crawls away, leaving bloody pieces of his legs behind. One woman has screws drilled into her teeth. Another woman is restrained while one of her arms is broken and torn off with a hunk of metal. One more woman has her breasts mauled and then ripped off and eaten by another crewman who is also raping her. Another partly clothed, blood-covered woman biting into the shoulder of a man she, she is having sex with and eating his flesh, plus some other parts of the scene were also cut. The reason why this scene disturbed the test audience was because the filmmakers in order to make the scene more realistic and therefore more violent, hired real-life amputees for the practical special effects scenes where the Event Horizon crew members had their body parts damaged in many ways, and porn actors were hired to make the sex and rape scenes more graphic. What, so dude? There you, Come on. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, that would have been fucking so disturbing cool. as all hell, and that is, when you think of fucking, like, hell in space, I mean, yes. what I just described... Is fucking hell in space. And if they just, you know, held to that and gave us that five to 10 minute scene in this movie, like, holy shit, like this would be an, probably an all time like horror classic, honestly, like sci fi horror classic. Like it'd be up there with fucking like aliens, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, we, we have no one to blame but the tennis audience. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. Yeah. It's, that's, yeah, because you know the the premise is absolutely terrifying. You know, terrifying. Yeah. Like, that's what I kept wondering about. I'm like, man, like since the ship was gone for seven years, like I have all these questions. Like, was was the crew in hell for seven years, just getting fucking tortured for that long, or like was it all at once? Like, it's like so much. Just to think about the possibilities is the scary part. But if we were to see that, like you just described, I would. I want to see it. Let's like, come on. Yeah, like, I, you... I could go I could go without the rape, but all the other stuff I I think would be really cool. I just yeah, that I think that's what we needed in out of this film. Yeah, I mean would it have been int- I so I thought this movie was gonna go a different way. I thought they were going to go into like hell, which I think would have been that's pretty what cool. You tried to do. Yeah, like I thought yeah, like deal. that's where we we're gonna end up and they were gonna end up down in hell trying to save these members and sort of seeing like, I don't know. Like I, I I just, I guess maybe it's in my own head, I guess like more what I was actually wanting out of this movie than what we're actually got. But I think had you incorporated more of the hell, I I think we would have been a fucking home run. Yeah, I can see that. That would have been cool. Cause I know that's what Sam Neill's character was attempting to do. Get them to get the portal started again. Um, Mm -hmm. And how about the 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 blood goop room? They're all hanging out, and like behind them, there's like blood and goop. I'm like, can we just do this in another room? Like, do we, do we need to near, be nearby? But going back again to your description, Joe, like, I man, this you were describing the guy pulling intestines through his mouth. That would have been fucking a hell of a scene, dude. So yeah, I I do have a question for you guys though. 
so at, at the end of the film, like they blow it up and whatever, Sam Neill, I mean, not Sam Neill, uh, Lawrence Fishburne sacrifices himself, blah, blah, blah. And then the girl who I forget her name and Cooper get awakened by like a, another rescue party. And then she hallucinates Sam Neill, but then it turns out that it's just another rescue crew. But then the, the doors to the ship close creepily. So are we supposed to believe that A, the ship one or whatever you want to describe it, they're going to be stuck in another version of that, or B, they won and they're just leaving it a little bit open to creep you out a little bit. I took it as like a open-ended, right? Like come up with your own sort of conclusion to whether you think they're actually going to get saved or whether the ship is going to take them over. I tend to go more towards, I think they, they get saved in the end. I think it's, you know, the rescue crew shows up and they're able to, to escape. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's like the beginning of a PTSD, you know, like where uh, when something really bad happens to you, you'll react like you'll, you'll be scared of things that are kind of just normal. Like it's just, you know, doors closing. But because she had that whole experience, she's always going to be afraid that like, oh, shit, the, you know, am I in the dream? Am I in this thing? Am I still on Event Horizon? So I, I think she's fine. It's just like PTSD kind of forming itself. All right. Yeah, I can go either way, either either. The, the horror will continue or they're saved and I'm not happy with both. So anything else? Rate it. I'll go, I'll go first. I'm, I'm going to be the highest on this one. I'm giving this one a four out of five, man. I really love it. Uh, I love the premise. The setting is really cool. The ship is creepy as hell. And the glimpses we do get, although we all agree we want more, are really effective. Plus, I think Lawrence Fishburne hits a home run with this. Sam Neill plays a really creepy, like, especially when his eyes are gone. It's like really cool. So um, yeah, four and a, four out of five for me. Yeah, I think if we got the uncut version, this would be like a four and a half, maybe even a five style movie for me. But as it stands, I give it a three and a half out of five. Really good movie, really solid. I just think the pre like we just didn't get enough out of the amazing premise and the scenes we were teased with. So yeah, I mean, it, a, a good movie, one I would certainly watch a, again, but just not in that, unfortunately, upper echelon tier of excellent sci-fi horror movies. Uh, so when I watched it a year or a year and a half ago, I gave it three stars out of five, but I think it's because of a lot of the feelings we're talking about where I felt like, oh man, there's, there's so many things that could have made it a better movie, whereas I expected it this time because I'd just seen it. So I'm actually going up to three and a half because I had more fun watching it, knowing I wasn't going to get that stuff. You know, like the expectation just wasn't there. And I think it's a good movie uh, on its own. You know, it just sucks. It's like having a good plate of spaghetti and the waiter just shows you, you know, a, like a, a filet mignon as he walks by, oh. you know, and then you're like, oh, I like the spaghetti, but that would have been even better. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's still a solid movie and people should check it out because there aren't a ton of really good uh, sci-fi space horror movie. So that is definitely a, a good one. All right. Excellent, gentlemen. And I do also want to mention Event Horizon, currently at a 3.3 over on Letterboxd. So pretty much right in the range of all of us. All right. So next week, Stephen, it's going to be your pick. What we got? We are watching Disturbing Behavior, which is a movie... I used to watch uh, a lot, actually, in my late uh, teens. It's just like a fun 90s, you know, horror movie. And I haven't seen it in a long time, so I've been meaning to revisit it, and now's our chance. 
Yeah, same. It's one I remember watching a lot growing up, but I definitely haven't watched it in probably 15 or so years. Uh, listeners, check it out for next week. You can watch it completely free on Tubi, of course, starring Katie Holmes and James Marsden. So check it out. Uh, that is going to be it, though, for this week's episode. Don't forget Movie Club. The day this episode releases on Friday, uh, we are going to be watching Bad Milo. So join the Discord, and you can uh, join in on the Movie Club for Friday. Steve's Movie Club this Friday. In the meantime, you can keep up with the podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram threads. Just search The Horror Squad Podcast. You can email us anytime, Podcast at gmail.com. But, of course, you already know it. The best way to keep up with the podcast is the Discord Movie Club, like we just mentioned over there, amongst many, many, many other amazing things. All you can do is just send us a DM or an email through our socials. Send, I'm sorry, send us a DM through our socials or send us an email and we will get you a link to join that Discord completely free, amazing community over there. Don't forget, important dates, June 7th through the 9th, Living Dead Weekend in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, and October 11th through the 13th, Hocus, our Hocus Pocus event in Salem, Massachusetts. Hopefully you can make it out to either one of those amazing events we have planned. If you'd like to support the podcast, leave us a five-star review on your po favorite podcast app. And if you'd like to support podcasts, you can also buy merch, tpublic.com, the Horror Squad Podcast. This stuff is all linked over on our Instagram, or just send us a message through our amazing Discord community, and we'll send you links to any and all of this great stuff. So that is going to be it for this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed our review of Event Horizon, and we'll see you next week for Disturbing Behavior. See ya. Bye. solar system from here i think we can hear it from here too we are the planets of the solar system different sizes for everyone the music never ends we are such good friends and we all orbit yeah. the sun you call the sun rapping first on this track from the beginning i'm the center of the solar system planets be spinning around me so hot i'm roasting you see now I pass a mic to the planet closest to me Mercury, the smallest planet, small as Earth's moon Yo, I get super hot and cold and it's been very slow I'm Venus, I got mountains and volcanoes and spray I'm the same size as Earth, but it's been the opposite way Yeah, I'm Earth, I'm the home to every boy and girl Such a beautiful, beautiful world